0: The NFL Scouting Combine is here, but what does that mean for Dynasty players? All that more this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madju.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me, as always, is Kate Madjuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Madjuk. Kate, uh, I was just telling you, Pre Show, that this is one of my Favorite weeks of the year. I'm so excited for the NFL scouting combine. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I've got some of that same energy, Marcus. This is like our first sort of sneak peek at potential draft. There's so much to love about the NFL combine. So I thought this would be a really good time to step back, maybe for new dynasty managers who this is your first go around of the the NFL scouting combine buzz. And talk about, like, what do we care about? Why do we care about the scouting combine? Uh, what does it mean for us? What's going to get overblown? What's What are some of the storylines that maybe we should be paying attention to, but we're not? Um, just how do we use the NFL combine as a tool for our dynasty teams and in making informed decisions? Because I think that is a super important conversation to have before all of the news starts trickling in because it's yeah. going to be a lot and it's going to be like sensation overload. Um,
0: All right. We're going to go in depth here, but this is honestly what it boils down to. This is going to sound whatever. Uh, athleticism, <laughs> athleticism matters in athletics. Like I, I know that sounds super simple, but that is
1: the most basic sentence I've ever heard. you. Yeah, say. I,
0: I, it is. Most of your elite, great, NFL players are all fantastic athletes, right? I mean, just think of some of the best players that we've had. Uh, Aaron Donald, one of the best athletes in the entire NFL. JJ Watt was a three Sigma athlete. Calvin Johnson, the three Sigma athlete, Uh, Josh Allen, fantastic athlete. Like that kind of stuff matters. And if you can run really well and you can jump really high, it typically means that you're a pretty good athlete. So it, it really matters. Now, there are drills that matter more than others. There's things that don't really matter at the combine, but one of the reasons that I love the combine so much is it helps separate these players a little bit, right? Because if you like two players very equally, if one runs a four three five and the other one that runs a four six five, you should probably lean to taking the fast guy. So that's, in the most basic terms, that's why I care about the combine.
1: It, I mean, so the way that I think you can kind of approach this is like you can teach route running to a certain extent. Like there are players that are more natural and have more natural ability, but like you can improve on that. Even if you don't necessarily, like, you can't improve on your, your height. Um, you can't necessarily improve as much when it comes to just your natural athletic traits. Um, so this is kind of our ability to look at these prospects from more of a like a raw yes. perspective and say like, okay, so, uh, you know, I have a player that, you know, might not be such a refined route runner, but I know as a freak athlete, uh, that I, uh, you know, it, if I'm an NFL GM, I know I have the staff that is well, going to be able to coach that player.
0: I, can't, I think, a, I think a perfect example last year is Christian Watson, right? Yep. hundred percent. Like very raw coming out of North Dakota state, dropped a bunch of passes, but goes to the second round because there's just not many people walking around this planet that are six foot four, 220 pounds. that can run a four, three, right?
1: Yeah. I, I think that's uh, a great example. And, uh, you know, I've said it time and time again, I thought, uh, you know, Christian Watson was the much more raw player, uh, you know, over Romeo dubs. I thought Romeo dubs was more of a complete receiver, but you can't teach Romeo Dobbs to be a better athlete. Correct. Like yes. that is that is something that Christian Watson just has as an innate part of uh, his scouting profile is his athleticism. So let's hear. I I want to hear, uh, Mister Favorite Day of the Year, guys. Marcus told me he couldn't sleep last night because so he was excited. so he was so excited for the scouting combine. Uh, what drill do you think is most important uh, for? dynasty managers to pay attention to in terms of evaluating players. And maybe that's different for each position that we're scouting.
0: I mean, 40 yard dash. Like I know a lot of people like the poo poo, the 40 yard dash. Hey, it's the underwear Olympics. And you're never going to run 40 yards like this. I mean, it matters. Go look at the history of receivers who run like a four, six, five or worse. And You could basically cut all those guys out of your dynasty profile, and only one or two of those guys are going to ever hit and become fantasy relevant. Um,
1: Do you think it's like a chicken-or-the-egg thing, though? Because, like, okay, so you run run a a 4-6-40-yard dash. um, Your draft capital drops. You get fewer opportunities. I mean, like, it it really is a chicken-or-the-egg situation because we have seen players that – aren't necessarily elite in the 40 yard dash. Like Marcus, I know uh, a popular topic that you've had this week on Twitter was Bijan Robinson mm-hmm. uh, is what is he going to run at the NFL combine? If he runs, uh, you know, over a four, four, is he generational because he doesn't have generational speed
0: over a four, uh, five, right
1: over a four, five. Sorry. Yep. yep. Uh, if, if he doesn't have that general generational speed, is he still a generational athlete? And, I mean, the, the responses were so far, like you're either team a or team B and there seems to be no in between. So, um, like, do we really have to ride or die on these 40 year dashes?
0: No, no. I, I, I think it's the most important drill, but it's not the end all be all right. Like I think you can have a, I'll give you an example. Devonte Adams did not run a particularly fast 40 yard dash. I'll pull it up here, but I think it was in the four fives, right? Um, yeah. Back in Fresno say four, five, six, right? Not a particularly fast 40, right? However, he had a 123 inch broad jump in a 39 and a half uh, inch vertical. And he had a six, eight, two, three cone. Like all of those numbers are fantastic, especially when you weigh 212 pounds. So, average 40 but the explosion makes up for it so now it's like okay i'm not all that concerned because while he's not super straight line fast he is explosive and you can see that in the way he plays so i still value the 40 but it's the whole picture you want to see a guy kind of do everything well
1: uh, yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. Another superstar player that I feel like is always my go-to when we're pulling out examples that uh, you know, have had fantastic NFL careers despite a crappy combine. Uh let's talk about Keenan Allen. Ran uh four seven one in the 40 yard dash. That is hashtag bad. That is hashtag not good. Um would be considered awful for a running back, let alone a wide receiver who's supposed to have more of that speed and agility uh, just inherently from the position. Hashtag back. But we there are outliers. So I think that's – There uh, are.
0: It, it, there's also a lot of context. And that's another part of the reason why I do love the combine is you start to get some context. So like Keenan Allen back in that 2013 draft, Um, he had a bad knee that he was dealing with and it really limited his preparation for uh, running the 40. He didn't even run the 40 at the combine. He ran it at Cal's pro day. It's not fast, right? But what we did see that what it did is it kind of limited where he played, right? The chargers don't play him on the outside at all. They play him in a slot because he does have a lack of speed. He's transformed his game and now he's one of the best slot receivers in the league. So, while a forty doesn't mean it's a you know a death knell for your fantasy prospect, it does maybe change where you have to play in the NFL.
1: I I think that's a, a fair fair shot. Uh, I ah, God, I love the combine. Um, I would like to. We've talked a little bit about wide receivers. We, we've talked about a little bit of what you're looking for. Next, I want to talk about what you're not looking for. So, like, I want to I want to teach our newer dynasty managers what noise they can filter out uh, yes. of the conversation so that we know um maybe what we have to not pay attention to even if there's there's some buzz around it
0: this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, it's the mid point of the NBA season. Uh, it's here. It's the perfect time to bet on basketball. It's the perfect time to download uh, America's number one sportsbook. It's FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything and anything from money line to point scores to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown, That is FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, Kate, there's a lot of noise at the NBA Combine, or NBA Combine, NFL Combine, as you alluded to. Um... I think some of it for me is like the most pointless stuff is this team, this player met with team X and they're really excited about meeting with this team. Like that doesn't matter, right? Like everybody's going to meet with everybody. Don't get too hyped up or not hyped. If you're, if your team doesn't meet with a a certain wide receiver or certain tight end, like to me, that's the biggest thing I just don't care about.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of interesting because like we, we still have so much time, right? Teams get a certain amount of allotted interview space. Um, Maybe they're more heavily scouting for one position, want to uh, kind of weed through the, the crowds. Cause then after the combine, we get rookie visits and those you have to use uh, in a very thoughtful, thoughtful manner. You only get so many. So yep. like this isn't the last opportunity teams will have to meet yep. with a prospective rookie. They can host them for visits, which I do think those visits are a little bit more meaningful um because they're they're pretty yep. pretty official. Um
0: can, can, can I just really quickly go back to something that does matter a lot at these uh at this combine and we, we didn't even talk about this is for the most part, this is the first time that we get official measurements on players, right? And, again, for Dynasty purposes, it matters, right? We've been talking about some of these smaller receivers like Zay Flowers, Tank Dell. Like, when you get to be five seven and, a half and 166 pounds, there's just not a lot of success stories. So, before we even get to the on-field dr- drills, the weigh-ins and the measurements – That honestly might be the most important thing that we get out of uh, Indianapolis.
1: And let's talk a little bit about that because there are, I I think, a few different positions that uh, or two specific positions that we might be tuning in to these measurements for with maybe a little bit more of a watchful eye. Uh, And that's the quarterback position on the fringe of Bryce Young. And what is he going to measure at? Uh, I, we haven't broken him down uh, from his rookie profile yet, but you know, I, I think we needed to wait until we got those, wait, uh, get it, (laughs) wait, Ah. um, dad joke. (laughs) We needed to wait until we actually got those measurements because it's going to be a really crucial part of his profile as silly as that seems for a lot of these wide receivers. Like we've said it time and time again, this is a relatively small receiving class. So Yes, you know, that, you know, five, 10 pounds between two prospects might be the tiebreaker here when we're looking at these smaller guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can end up being crucial for those positions on the draft board.
0: The other thing that I would like to mention is that. A lot of these numbers can be um, inflated a little bit, for example, you mentioned Bryce Young. I got a sneaky suspicion that Bryce Young's going to come in at like 200 pounds and then not do anything at the combine, right? So what does that tell you, Kate? If if he comes in at – let's say he weighs it at 202 pounds but doesn't throw, doesn't run, doesn't do anything.
1: My man is probably bloated, has been eating Chipotle and drinking a crap ton of water.
0: Yep. Is he going to play at 202 pounds in the NFL? No. That's why you need to be careful here a little bit. We'll see this from time to time. These, I mean, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends—they'll put on a bunch of weight so they can hit certain thresholds. Because there are teams out there that'll say, you know what, we're not drafting a tight end that's under 250 pounds. It's just not in our, uh, you know, our type of player. So, hey, if a guy weighs 248, he's off our board. So you'll see these guys put on a bunch of water weight and then just not run, and then they'll run at their com or their pro day when they're 241 pounds. So. Be very, very careful of the guy that comes in way heavier than you think, but then doesn't work out.
1: Yeah. Uh, Marcus, I know how to put on a little bit of water weight. I, I've, I, consider we my ex, I, I consider myself an expert in the field and it ain't hard. It is not hard to put on water weight. Literally just get uh, get me a few tubs of ice cream, get me uh, a, a couple Chipotle burritos and I'm going to, I'm going to come in weighing probably five pounds heavier than I did the night before. And, uh, it's, it's not a reflection of who I am, but I also can't, <laughs> can't move. I don't have the moves, uh, when I've got all that water weight and the same thing is true for these athletes. Um, what player, uh, from the wide receiver core do you think is going to be most, uh, affected by their measurements? here at the NFL Combine. We already talked about quarterback. Mm,
0: that's a good one. Um, what about Jordan Addison, the the wide receiver from USC? I think he's going to measure in right around 5'11". But to me, it's the weight, right? Like he was listed at 175 during the college football season, and that's pretty slight. Now, I know Devontae Smith went in the first round, was it 2021, when he weighed 170 pounds. High, a little Smith bit of an out... Heisman winner, a little bit of an outlier there. So if if we see Jordan Addison, Addison come in at 173 and then run like a four got to be honest, I'm a little concerned. On the flip side, if he comes in at 185 and doesn't run, I'll also be a little bit concerned. So there's a fine line there. I think Addison's a guy that I'm really curious to see what he measures in at and what he weighs in uh, at, at the combine.
1: And what, yeah, what, what drills does he participate in at said weight? Yeah. Um, it, it feels a, a little bit like a Goldilocks situation. Like it has to be just right. Uh, nice. and, and we have to see that, that right combination of height, weight, um, level of participation, yep. even like it's, these guys are drawing such a fine line. But I, I think that is, um, like a testament to the fact that these players are all these are the best players uh in all of college football and there there can be really fine lines between their their skill sets the
0: the other thing just really quickly before we move on is i just want to see these guys compete like i want to see the guy that's like you know what i'm not afraid of the spotlight and everybody watching me i'm going to go out weigh in do everything here's my numbers and you know, take it or leave it. Like, that's what I like to see. I love that DK Metcalf a couple of years ago, he wasn't worried about his three cone time. He came out there. Absolutely jacked and ran a four, three, four. Like, that's what I like to see.
1: Yeah. I I think that, you know, some of these, these players, um, when they shy away from, from some of those things, and often it's at, you know, the advice of their agents and, they kind of live and die on, on this combine. They know how important it is, but uh, there's something to be said for the guy who just doesn't give a crap. Yep. Uh, Cause he knows he's a really good football player and that's going to win out. And by all accounts, DK Metcalf has been exactly what's promised. Yep. Uh, don't care about the three cone when you're, uh, you know, chasing down uh, opposing DBs 90 yards down the field on, uh, after an interception, like,
0: beautiful Uh, kate i want to ask you a question about what players 40 are you the most excited to see this weekend Uh, all that next all right kate uh we're going to get the quarterbacks uh wide receivers and tight ends i believe on saturday running backs on sunday is there one player that you're really interested to see run the 40-yard dash on uh over the weekend
1: there is, and I'm really hoping he's going to run it, Marcus. It's wide receiver Jackson Smith in Jigba. Yep, yeah,
0: yeah, that was mine. Yep.
1: He's going to be such an interesting prospect, right? There's no, like, it doesn't feel like there's a true consensus wide receiver like there was for Jamar Chase in 2021. Like, or the, in, there's not enough, like, top end wide receivers that have skill set and size to be mm-hmm. like a, you know, the case that we saw in 2022 where a bunch of wide receivers went off the board, but Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of the most interesting prospects because he had such an elite season, Mm -hmm. um, played mostly out of the slot, but it showed he can be incredibly productive, uh, out of the slot, right? He's a great route runner. He's technically proficient, but his biggest knack, I think, or biggest knock has been, um, you know he just doesn't have the speed, but I do think if he can come in and post a decent forty yard dash, we might see him drafted as the top receiver off the board. I truly believe it. I, he, from a skill set perspective, he's he's my favorite wide receiver, um, and I do think that that forty yard dash time it might either way actually affect his draft well, stock.
0: Let's let's just assume he runs. I've I've got some intel that says he's not running, but let's assume he runs, right? Darn it! I know. If he were to run a four-five-two, do you have him as wide receiver one in this class? I think I still do. Yeah, and that's I think see, I that's still the do. Thing. That's the thing is, and I think he probably knows that, right? Like, if he were to run a low four fives, he might be the first receiver drafted but the fact that he's not is telling you that he's probably not all that close to that number.
1: That's, that's the concern, right? Um, I'm, I'm hoping again, that he's going to come out and, and be one of these competitors because, uh, you know we we didn't get to see him at full force in the 2022 season like i i really want him to come out here and leave a lasting impression but over on FanDuel Sportsbook odds to be drafted as the first wide receiver off the board plus 380 so bet $10 win $38 in profit if he's the first wide receiver off the board i i kind of like those odds as a what the heck kind of play uh because if he does run and apparently he's not like if there's a positive result, I do think that's the thing that gives him the edge over these wide receivers in terms of his draft capital.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Is there any
1: other player we should be watching though? If I'm not going to get to watch Jackson Smith and Jigba run the 40 yard dash, who else am I going to watch?
0: So I literally a minute ago, if you would ask me that question, I would have said Quentin Johnson, you know, maybe the wide receiver one in this class, who I think could potentially run in the four threes uh, just got a text that he's not running, so never mind. Uh, I'll pick, I know
1: who's running. I need. Uh,
0: oh yeah, I mean, I we've also heard that Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee is not going to run as well. Um, so maybe I mean Jordan Addison is obviously a guy to watch. Is a Flowers from Boston College who I like quite a bit. Maybe our guy Tank Dell will run, but I, I, I Anthony think Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's the, I mean, listen,
1: that's, that's probably the player we got to hang our hat on. Cause uh, from, uh, you know, the quarterback position, there might not be anybody who has as much to gain at this yeah. year's combine yeah. uh, as Anthony Richardson does. Um, you know, I,
0: if- I'll give you one, I'll give you one. Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia, right? Cause the six foot seven, 275 pound tight end, Heard some rumblings this week, Kate, that he's going to run and run like in the low 4.6s. <laughs> and if he runs if he runs a 4.62 40-yard four dash at 277 pounds, I think we're having a conversation about him not just being a blocker but maybe being a guy that could be one of the best tight ends in the lake. So that is somebody that I'm keeping an eye on. And this
1: is a, a tight end class that I think, uh, you know, generally the league is pretty high on. So yeah, uh, maybe that's the the position that we're going to want to tune into because uh, we know how valuable the tight end position is for our fantasy leagues. If we find the right one, uh, it can make or break your dynasty yes. roster. So maybe this is going to be a class where we can find some value, um, you know, it, in a sea of a lot of talent at running back, a, you know, yep. a couple of decent quarterbacks, but maybe this is going to be our tight end
0: class to remember. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every day. Kate, you and I will be back tomorrow to talk about one of the more intriguing receivers in this class, Tennessee's Cedric Tillman. You're not going to want to miss that episode. Now, make your second listen the Lockdown NFL Draft Show. Uh, Damian Parsons and Keith Sanchez provide in depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that could change your favorite NFL franchise forever. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, go follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate uh, You might want to mute me this week for all the combine numbers that I'm going to be tweeting <laughs> out. But if you want to see all that, it's at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys tomorrow.